Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. In between rainstorms, there were patches of sunshine this week, and I grabbed one of those to head with local history enthusiast Martin Hayes on a walk through Tai Tam Country Park to take a look at the four reservoirs built there between 1883 and 1917. Fresh water supply has always been a key issue for Hong Kong. While these days we receive 80% of our water from the mainland, in previous decades our reservoirs were key to the water supply across the city. Well, when the British came to Hong Kong um, in, in the mid-19th century, uh, from the very beginning, water, fresh water uh, was a problem. Fresh water supply was a, was a problem. And, of course, as we know from, from accounts, um, one of the first sources of water for, for the sailors who came here uh, was what became known as Waterfall Bay um, near Aberdeen, uh, unfortunately now gone. Um, but when, once the British settled... Um, on Hong Kong Island, uh, they very quickly realised that the water supply, the existing water supply, basically wells and streams, uh, was not sufficient, was insufficient for the developing city of Victoria and the other settlements um, on the island. And so it was not very long uh, before they started on a programme of building uh, freshwater reservoirs. And of course the city of Victoria is now where, where Central is, would you say? Correct, that is exactly right. So the first reservoir um, that they built in the 1860s, early 1860s, was Pot Fulham. And this was followed by other reservoirs on the island, including the complex that we're looking at now, where we're overlooking um, four reservoirs, um, which became known as the Tai Tam Group of Reservoirs. And uh, these basically uh, were built between, over a, quite a long period, over 30 years, between 1883 and 1917. And uh, these were basically um, Tai Tam Upper, Titan Bywash, Titan Intermediate, and Titan Took Reservoirs, and they became known, as I said, as the uh, Titan Group of Reservoirs. Yes, because local history enthusiast Martin Hayes and I have actually walked into the Titan Country Park. Uh, so if you come up to Park View, it's a, a lovely walk. We've just walked half an hour and come out onto a terrace here with a fantastic viewing platform. And in fact, Martin, you take people on tours along the Titan Waterworks Heritage Trail. In 2009, um, the Antiquities uh, Authority um, designated a number of reservoirs, including those I just mentioned, um, uh, as, as uh, monuments. Um, now, we're just concerned with the Titan Group. There are a total of six pre-war reservoirs which became uh, monuments. And we're basically looking today at four of them, the four um, Titan reservoirs I, I've talked about. Um, in conjunction with the declaration of um, this, uh, the monuments, um, a hiking trail was established, the uh, Titan Waterworks Heritage Trail, and uh, this starts uh, at the Park View uh, entrance to the Titan Country Park, and it ends actually um, at the junction of Titan Reservoir Road, along which we walk um, uh, with um, Titan Road near Stanley. And basically, what we're looking at here are a number of um, structures connected with. Um, the Titan group of reservoirs. These structures were all completed uh, over a 30-year period between 1883 and 1917, um, complete, uh, finishing with the famous uh, Titan Tuk um, Dam uh, over the reservoir there, which a lot of people will know going to and from Stanley, from Chai Wan. How, I mean, if people want to come on this uh, Titan Waterworks Heritage Trail, how do they find out about it? 
Well, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Obviously, they can just um, find out the information themselves from, from the uh, from the internet, from the uh, Water Supplies Department website. They'll have uh, there's information there. Um, if you want to come on a guided tour, the Hong Kong um, Tourism Board arrange tours, uh, but that's just for bona fide visitors to Hong Kong. Um, residents uh, are very welcome to get in touch with me through um, walkhongkong.com and uh, we will provide um, guided tours at uh, anyone's convenience. You were saying about the, the engineering feats that were involved in creating a reservoir. I mean, how do you, I mean, do they just have an empty area that suddenly fills with water? How is it done? Well, obviously, as the island, as the settlements on the island expanded, I mentioned the city of Victoria, uh, other developments, of course, along the north shore of Hong Kong Island in particular, developed. Um, they very quickly realised that um, fresh water supply was a, was a problem. And as I said earlier, they constructed various reservoirs um, on the island and, of course, later in Kowloon and the New Territories. But we're talking just Hong Kong Island at the moment. Obviously, they would have looked at the ground. They would have seen that this area... Uh, was then and still is pretty pretty open. It was very little population here. Um, it wasn't as if they had to resettle um, villages as they did, for example, when they constructed the new the Xingmun Reservoir, or the Jubilee Reservoir in the new territories where people had to be resettled elsewhere to, to construct the reservoir. That didn't apply here. They had the land, they had the space, and uh, uh, it's one thing that Victorian engineers, I'm sure, did very, very well. And the, the, as I say, you have to walk the ground and just see some of these structures to appreciate um, the feats of engineering um, that they... Uh, um, that, that, that they employ to, to build them. The trail itself uh, is about five kilometres in length, although we've taken a little bit of a detour to come up to this viewing platform here on the, uh, within the country park. The minimum period I think you'd want to take in, in terms of walking this trail would be about two hours, but it's like how long is a piece of string? I mean, you can spend as long as you want. But it is stunning. I mean, this is the thing. Is I, I like, when, I, when I've gone on the trip over to Stanley and I've seen the dam there, I mean, it is very beautiful. Um, I'm not particularly an engineer, but I can appreciate that they, they, they've... Uh, and I, I think... And uh, I, I think a lot of modern architects will criticise me now, but I think, I don't know, uh, maybe I'm just into nostalgia, but when, when things were done here in the 1880s and this sort of thing, they actually took the time out to be creative. I mean, the, the, the construction is, they didn't just slap it up made out of concrete, but it is, it is actually quite pretty. Well, that's, that's quite right. I, it, again, like yourself, I'm not an engineer, um, but you don't have to be, I think, to appreciate... Um, the work that went into building that particular dam, the one you're talking about, is the Tai Tam Tuk Reservoir Dam, and that was built between 1912 and 1917. One interesting little point about that uh, particular dam is that a commemorative stone uh, dated 1918, and that was unveiled by um, the then governor, Sir Henry May, uh, who was governor between 1912 and 1918. What the stone doesn't tell you, an interesting little story, is that apparently, and this is something I came across somewhere in, in, in researching, um, when he was invited to uh, unveil the stone, um, there were quite a large number of European uh, engineers and builders, men who had been building um, uh, the, the reservoir. And uh, apparently in his, uh, in his speech to them, uh, he, he somewhat berated them um, for their intemperate habits. And he said that some of you people would do better to be drinking what's contained in this dam rather than the stuff you do drink. Uh, whereupon he was roundly booed. 
<laughs> but the commemorative stone, I'm afraid, doesn't tell you that little little anecdote. There were four reservoirs that were built in a series after 1883 along Titan, um, but these weren't the only reservoirs to be built in the ensuing decades. No, they were not. And in fact, you could say that, you know, right up until the present day, um, water continues to... Uh, uh, water supply continues to be a, a bit of a problem in Hong Kong. Certainly when I came here um, in the 1970s, I can remember we had rationing. Um, hopefully we won't have to go back to those days. Um, but certainly once they completed um, the Titan complex, that wasn't the end of it. Certainly in, uh, in 1931, in 1932, they built the Aberdeen reservoirs, two there. Um, they also, of course, were building reservoirs in Kowloon or north of Boundary Street, once the British had taken the new territories. The Kowloon uh, Reservoir was built in 1910. Um, and then, of course, the largest of the original, you could say, um, reservoirs, my term, uh, was the Jubilee Reservoir, uh, or Xing Mun, as it's really called now, uh, which again was built um, between 1923 and 1937. So that was quite a large engineering um, uh, feat of engineering as well and um, that reservoir the Xing Moon reservoir um, eventually came to supply Hong Kong Island with water th through a submarine pipe that was constructed and then of course in more recent decades we've had um, the uh, different reservoirs altogether I would say the High Island and Plover Cove reservoir which of course um, reservoirs which have been um, built basically from from the sea there were water shortages in the 60s and 70s and uh, people had to queue up with buckets. Uh, it must have been very hard. Yes, you're right. And um, again, before my time here, but certainly I'm aware of, of um, people having to queue up with their jerry cans and, and literally anything, I suppose, which could hold water. And inevitably, there's always going to be someone uh, who sees a quick buck to be earned. And there were plenty of cases and incidents of, of triads controlling um, the standpipes from which the water supply was, uh, was water was issued, and police having to get involved and that sort of thing. So yes, it's uh, it's a let's hope we never ever have to go back to that sort of era. Another time when fresh water was an issue was, of course, during the Second World War. Here, yeah, I mean, one of the the principal um, defensive line that the British had in the in the new territories um, was called the uh, gin drinkers line which basically went from east to west across uh, North Kowloon, if you will. Part of that Jindringer's line was just south of the Jubilee Reservoir, which I've mentioned, or the Singmoon Reservoir as it is now. And, of course, that was, as I say, one of the, uh, the, the first main line of defence that the Japanese encountered um, from the British and their, and their allied defenders. Now, again, once the Japanese had captured that area, they, they obviously had the Sing Moon Reservoir in their possession, or the Jubilee Reservoir. And of course, as they came down through Kowloon and ultimately onto the island, as they were capturing territory, they were also capturing the reservoirs. And of course, um, you can survive without food for a certain period of time, but you can't survive very long without fresh water. And of course, once the Japanese had these reservoirs in their possession, which of course they did as they captured territory, um, this was just another nail in the coffin, if I could use that expression, for the defenders. They'd lost the water supply, and that was a big, big problem, not just for the military, but also for the civilian population. You had many engineers coming in from Britain to help construct and design uh, these rather complicated reservoir 
um, you know, reservoirs and pump stations and dams. Uh, but uh, also, it wasn't just a matter... I mean, you mentioned about the catchments to draw in the water, but how was also the rather hilly landscape around here protected or how, how, did, how were the slopes controlled? Yeah, um, one of the features uh, they, I'm sure they, they knew of um, already, they didn't have to uh, experience it here, to, to know that... Um, the heavy rains would bring spoil down from the hillsides and uh, into the reservoirs. So they planted trees uh, and bushes and so on, vegetation around the reservoirs to, to provide a, a, a block um, to prevent this spoil being washed in. Uh, and of course, it has to be remembered that at this time, many of the local inhabitants or the local people uh, were using um, uh, wood um, for fuel. And of course, they would come and chop the trees down. Mm. Um, which had been planted and, and growing around the reservoirs. And so the powers that be had to employ wardens, if you like, constables, I suppose. I'm not sure if they were actually policemen, but they had to employ people whose job it was to patrol and, and police the surrounding areas to prevent people chopping down the trees. And um, again, on the trail, I've mentioned pumping stations and dams and so on. You'll also find one or two houses um, no longer in use, of course, but the buildings are still there, which would have been people that uh, were, were here to, for that purpose and possibly uh, engineers as well. But there So some, nobody's in those buildings? They're just vacant? They're just vacant now, yes, all bricked up. But they're there and uh, they're all part of the, um, of, the, of, the, of the monument complex. My thanks to Martin Hayes talking there on Hong Kong's water supply and the Titan Waterworks Heritage Trail. If you'd like to join Martin for a guided tour, then you can contact him at walkhongkong.com. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>